Texas Tech just put together an impressive performance against West Virginia, but now the Red Raiders head to the fog to try and beat Kansas for the second time this season. How can they do it? We will discuss it coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News. And I'm joined by my co-host, Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. As I mentioned in the open, we are here to discuss the Kansas game, Texas Tech gets another stab at the Jayhawks after taking them down in Lubbock a few weeks ago. But now they head to the fog for a late game. It'll it'll be, you know, the typical fog environment, loud, ruthless, difficult to play in. But something about this Texas Tech team and the fact that they're going into Lawrence with a win already makes me really, really intrigued by this game. Yeah, I mean, so far, Tech only has one true road victory this whole season. That one true road victory happened to come against the number one team in the country. So I'm not overly concerned about Tech's ability to win on the road. And you look at this team, and first off, this season's team, they've been resilient. Obviously, they won against Kansas shorthanded in the first matchup at home. Probably the game that really set the tone for the next couple of weeks where Tech really established themselves as a frontrunner in the Big 12. And... In that first game, they came in as pretty significant underdogs and were able to really just control the game from start to finish. And I think that's something that really just is a testament to how strong this current group is. And then you look at looking back in years past and the last few years, Tech has done pretty well in Allen Fieldhouse. And obviously they only have one win in that stretch coming in 2018 against uh, Huduka Azubuki and Devontae Graham and company. But aside from that, the last couple of years, the games have been really close. And so it's going to be a tough environment. It always is at the fog. But at the end of the day, this is a team that Tech has already beaten. I think they've gotten some good matchups to look at in this game that really worked out well in the last matchup. And, I mean, in the past, we've seen that Tech has been unfazed by that environment. And I think that this team has been resilient. I mean, they went into Hilton, played at Iowa State close with only seven guys. They went to Waco and upset the number one team in the country. And then even just playing off of their own home court energy, they've been able to win in environments that have been very hot or very energetic and really exciting games to watch. If uh, Davide Moretti would have gotten the ball in the corner, Texas Tech would have had another win in in the fog, man. Let's not talk about that. What a painful, painful memory. Yeah, you just brought that back into my memory, and I don't (laughs) want to think about it for more than a couple seconds. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. And there's there's been some where they've been close in Allen Fieldhouse, but the Jayhawks have just pulled away. But honestly, I'm really intrigued by this matchup because as as you all know well, we've seen Texas Tech beat this team. I mean, they beat them by eight in Lubbock a few weeks ago. Um, Bryson Williams was really the catalyst for Texas Tech in that game. He had 22 points on nine of 13 shooting 
from the field. David Clarence Nadolny was really, really good as well. That was kind of the beginning of his breakout offensively. Um, but this Kansas team, they they've had their ups and downs since playing Texas Tech and and losing that game immediately after that Texas Tech game. They went and um, just played Iowa State really really close, snuck away with a one point victory over the Cyclones in the fog, and then West Virginia went to Lawrence and Kansas just stomped them. Um, but then they played two two games on the road, one against Oklahoma and one against Kansas State. That Oklahoma game, it went down to the wire. It was on before the Tech game. I can't remember who Tech played on Tuesday. It was Iowa State. Um, and I was watching some of that, and that game went down to the wire. Um, Kansas ended up winning 67-64. to 64. And then that Kansas State game, I think a lot of people took notice that the Wildcats were up. I think it was 16 at halftime. And then Kansas rallied back to win that one. So obviously, you know, they've gotten it done down the wire and they've won games, but this team looks beatable and they've played two teams that I think Texas Tech is better than really, really close. Um, as, as you know, they they head back to the fog for the first time in a few days. Yeah, this is a classic Kansas under Bill Self team, really just winning in the margins. You look at the Kansas State game and they were able to withhold really an incredible shooting display from Nigel Pack. I think he had something like 23 points at the half, ended up with north of 30. And he was at well over 70% from the field in that first half and ended up shooting, I think it was 12 of 18. And really, I mean, that's the game that Pack is capable of, but that's a different discussion for a different day. But Kansas, the last few games have been, has been in really tight games. They've played Iowa State, obviously, like you mentioned, very close, had kind of a series of back-to-back game winners. And were able to come away with that one by one in the fog. And then they were able to win against Oklahoma, a game in which shot quality had Oklahoma having significantly better shot attempts than what Kansas was able to get. So they kind of stole that one as well. And they've just, the one game that they really were able to pull away from was against West Virginia. And of those teams that they've faced, I would argue West Virginia is probably the worst opponent of all of them. So outside of that, you're talking about really since that tech game, they've played four games in which they've, really kind of gone down to the wire and haven't looked particularly great outside of that West Virginia game. So, I mean, like you said, this team's very beatable. I think they excel at really finding ways to win. They're some of the best, they have some of the best ATO plays in the nation, which Tech did a really good job of defending. They're, they have a lot of poise between Agbaji and Braun, and we'll talk about that later. Um, and then certainly they have really the makings of a team that is solid down the stretch because while they're probably the worst defensive team, at least of the contenders in the Big 12, offensively they have so many different weapons that can hurt you in a number of ways. And so you have all of that going for them and you have probably one of the best home court advantages in college basketball. And I mean, it's a tough team to take down even when on paper they're not a team that really blows teams away or wins by 20 and looks like all that dangerous like they have at times in the past. Yeah, and I mean... You want to talk about winning in the margins. What this team has done really well since um, conference play started was crash the offensive glass. Um, they are currently the best offensive rebounding team in the Big 12, averaging just under 13 a game. Obviously, a lot of that does have to do with David McCormick, who is averaging over four and a half offensive rebounds per game. Um, and Texas Tech just completely neutralized him in in the first contest he had no offensive rebounds in that game and I think they're gonna have to find a way to do that again but that's been a huge huge point of emphasis for this Kansas team and it's been a big reason um, why they've been winning games I mean you 
go back and you look at the four games that they've played since um, that loss to Texas Tech, they haven't had an offensive rebounding percentage below 34 and a half. Um, And that Kansas State game was obviously the most notable one where they had an offensive rebounding percentage of 52.9. They were just wild. They were just cleaning the glass just all over the place. And Texas Tech cannot afford to really give up any second chance points. I've noticed that that's been kind of a little bit of a struggle for this team recently is is boxing out and, and getting easy defensive rebounds. I mean, numbers still show that they're one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the nation, and I believe that. But they got to make sure that they don't give up any easy ones because this Kansas team, um, the numbers that they've been putting up on the offensive glass lately have been really, really scary. Yeah, defensive rebounding has been a little bit of a weakness of late. I mean, you really are, you're talking about just a couple of games here against Iowa State and Oklahoma State where those two teams were able to have success on the boards with offensive rebounding percentages over 30%. And certainly, especially in the Oklahoma State game, I could attribute some of that to just the length and athleticism that Oklahoma State has on the inside compared to Tech. Um, but I mean, just in general, it does seem like, especially on long rebounds, they can struggle at times to track those down. And the boxing out, while it's still leagues better than I think it's been certainly last year for Tech, it's still something that at times can go away. But I do feel like that's something that kind of happens to just about every college team over the course of a grind of a conference season. You're going to have games where the opponent is able to just outwill you and get get better opportunities off of those box outs. So for me, this the rebounding concern is one that I have, but also at the same time, Tech has done a really good job of neutralizing David McCormick the last few matchups. And I think that that's a pretty big advantage that might help Tech be able to limit the opportunities Kansas has off the glass just because McCormick probably won't get as many minutes as he has in the last few games. Yeah, I think he played 14 against Texas Tech in that first matchup, and they'll try to keep him on the bench as much as they can. But coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the individual Jayhawks, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Red Raiders, this is Ryan with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are previewing the Kansas versus Texas Tech game tonight at 8 o'clock. Just taking a look at some of the individual Jayhawks. There's one guy in particular I want to talk about. Emery, do you have any guesses as to who it is? I'm just going to say Oshai Agbaji just because that's the one guy that's torched tech in the last couple of years. But I'm looking at you, and I feel like you might have a different answer than that. It's not Abaji. We'll talk about him in a second. I, w- I really want to talk about Jalen Wilson. All um, right. Let's because 
Um, I was hard on him in our first preview. I mean, he really came into the season as a guy that I felt like was going to be pivotal to Kansas's success. I, I really, really liked him. I, I think that he's a good draft prospect. I think that he does a lot of things and he's just really, really intriguing player. But whenever Kansas went to Lubbock a few weeks ago, he was just ice cold from downtown. He was, he was like two of 23. I think he was shooting sub 10%. It was really, really ugly. And of course that Texas tech game was, was the game where he kind of started to turn it around. He started to shoot the ball a little bit better. And now he he's back on track. Um, he is nine of 23 from deep in big 12 games. That's just under 40%. He has really gotten the scoring going. He's, he's scoring about 13 and a half points um, doing crazy things on the offensive glass that he he's been known to do. He's averaging seven and a half rebounds per game. 2.2 assists. I mean, he's been all over the place. And, you know, you walked into this game a few weeks ago and it, it felt like Mark Adams kind of developed a game plan around the idea that, hey, if this guy gets open for a shot, then he gets open for a shot. But now I think you're kind of scheming this a little bit differently because Wilson's turned it on and he, he's become the player that I, I thought he could be um, last year. And it really opens up their offense, too, in general, because having him able to shoot means that you can utilize him more with some of the other stuff that he does really well. And you can run him, you can run him off of pick and pops sets, and they actually have to respect that. And so because of that, that allows them to have more space for their ball handlers to really take action. So in a way, Wilson's shot emerging has really allowed Kansas to have the opportunity to sort of function more efficiently as an offense. And it really changes the way that you have to guard them because when Wilson's out there, in addition to a McCormick or a Lightfoot, when early on in the season, when he was shooting like 8% from three, you had basically two guys out there that were complete non-shooters. And now you have Wilson back and now it's more of a traditional four out, one in set, or even at times five out. And that just makes it extremely difficult. And the thing about Wilson is pretty much everything else in his game, he's been doing well offensively. He's been crashing the glass. He had four offensive rebounds against Kansas State. He's had a couple of five assist games lately. He's had really just some nice straight line drive ability that I think sometimes gets overlooked. And as an offensive player, it's really his ability is just hinging on that shot. And as he gains confidence and as it looks better, over the course of conference play, it Kansas becomes a much more dangerous team and Wilson becomes a more dangerous threat just because of his ability to shoot and the fact that he can really function in so many different ways. And we saw in that first game, even, even if his shot wasn't necessarily falling, even if he wasn't taking all the three-point shots, he was still finding ways to be active getting to the rim. And I think that that's something that you're going to see again in this one because even though he dropped 20, it wasn't like one of those pure stretch four games where most of his attempts were from three. He was able to mix it up and get a couple of good inside looks. He played a couple of times as a screener and then a couple of times driving. And I think both of those approaches worked well for him. All right, now we can talk of Baji. I mean, National Player of the Year candidate for me right now. Um, just just been on a tear. He kind of the, the the Texas Tech game was really where he just started building momentum. I mean, he was below 20 points per game for the four games heading into that game, and he has only gone below um, 20 points once since then. Um, just been on a tear, coming off a 29-point performance against Kansas State. Um, hasn't been shooting the ball as well as of late. Um, was only 2 of 8 from deep. And that Kansas State game has struggled a little bit from the line in conference play, but 
I mean, there's just this guy, it's hard to put it into words what what a weapon he is offensively. I mean, we can sit here and talk about the minute struggles from the free throw line or the fact that he hasn't been shooting the ball as well. And he's still finding ways to put up 20 plus points per game. And I mean, even in that Oklahoma game, that Oklahoma game was probably the worst game that he's played this season. Only a 10 points on four of 11 shooting from the field. He made a phenomenal defensive play late in that game that really sealed the deal for Kansas. And so, I mean, what, what do you even say about this guy at this point? I, I think that Texas Tech really um, has very limited options with what they can do. You've just got to hope that you can contain him enough for you to walk away with a victory. Yeah. In some ways, the shooting that he had earlier in the season where he was knocking down close to 50% of them consistently is kind of taken away from just the ridiculous fact of his rim, his ability to finish at the rim this season. I mean, he is finishing almost 79% of his shots at the rim over the course of the season. And just off of hand calculation, I believe it's over 80% at the rim during Big 12 play. And I mean, those are just numbers that you do not see. And you add in his ability to shoot really well from deep. And I keep thinking he's going to have some sort of regression, but we're almost halfway through the season. In fact, we're over halfway through the season from a pure game standpoint. And he's still right at 46%. And he's had a couple of down games lately from three, but also he's had games where he's gone four of eight. And obviously in the first meeting, he absolutely just was able to light up tech and ended up going six of nine from three in that game. So, I mean, Agbaji's a guy that we've always known was a really good three and deep guy. And we mentioned in the first pod, the first preview that we did for Kansas, that his ability to really improve as a ball handler and as a secondary creator has really opened up his game a lot this year. And we've seen that so much on display. And just the ability to finish on the inside. I think it was very effective against K-State. That's something I noticed. And, I mean, Tech really doesn't have a specific game plan for him other than just make everything difficult, force him to give up the ball, kind of rotate quickly and try to hope for the best because he's not someone that you can just scheme through one way just because he's able to drive on his own and he's able to create a lot of efficient, efficient shots off the ball. And I don't think there's even, like, a scheme that you can implement that'd be favorable, like – the 2 one that we saw against West Virginia, that could get you into trouble with how well this team spaces the floor. He's just a difficult matchup, man. Um, some quick thoughts on a few other guys. Christian Braun has been pretty good in conference play, shooting the ball not as well as he was whenever he came to Lubbock, but still a guy that just provides value for you in so many places. We talked about David McCormick and keeping him on the bench. Dewan Harris has been pretty good in conference play, especially just like providing a solid bucket for Kansas every once in a while. He's been really, really efficient player besides the turnovers. He's got to find a way to clean that up. Uh, Mitch Lightfoot has, has just kind of been a body for them. That's what we saw in that Texas Tech game. Um, and then Remy Martin is still just pretty much obsolete for them. So we've got a good a good feel for for this team right now. And I think that um, th those are the guys that you've got to watch for. Yeah, I want to highlight McCormick for just a minute because I've mentioned a few times that he struggled against Tech. And it's not necessarily the pure numbers because he's had games where he scored efe efficiently. He's had 17 points in Allen Fieldhouse last year, and that was probably his best game of his career against Tech, but he's also throughout his career, he's had a total of five assists to 10, tur 10 turnovers in his seven career games. And that doesn't seem like a real drastic turnout, but when you look at the fact that he's also had a couple of really good games in that stretch where he's gone for two assists, no turnovers, he's had some duds where he just straight up doesn't have good games. And 
you've seen where Bill Self has had to bench him just because Tech has been making his life miserable from the inside whenever they go to the post and they're doubling him and he can't process quick enough. And that's something that has shown up as a potential weakness for McCormick and something that I think with the increased big personnel that Tech has this year makes it even more noticeable and something that Self is going to have to avoid even more because in years past, obviously, you had guys like TJ Holyfield or Santos Silva that weren't necessarily like absolute stoppers, but now you can put a bacho on him and you can rotate four different guys in there at various points to guard him. So that makes him difficult. And then Remy Martin's another one, obviously a guy that was getting touted for conference player of the year coming into the season. I think the ankle injury is still bothering him some in the last couple of games. He set out a couple of games after the tech one where they mentioned that he was struggling with that. And he just doesn't seem to have the same burst. And I think his game is very reliant on creating for himself. And when you, you have an ankle injury and you're not able to create as effectively, it just limits what you can do offensively so you still have to kind of worry about martin but i think that the ankle injury has been a pretty massive hindrance for him yeah and i mean if remy martin's not getting to the basket consistently it, it's really difficult for him to provide value on offense and then i think the thing with mccormick too is that um defensively like you can just put him in a bind um if you let him sit underneath the basket it, it's going to be tough for you to get back buckets but if you put him in the pick and roll you've got a real chance to kind of dice him up a little bit and create some better looks. But you want to say something real quick? I was just going to say that you can run five out now with the lineup that Tech's running as a starting five and be able yep. to effectively torch them there. Yeah, and we saw uh, we saw one possession of a one big lineup the other day. So uh, who knows what Mark Adams will be, will be down to try in this game, maybe give Kansas a taste of their own medicine. But coming up, we will give our prediction and our keys to the game for the Texas Tech-Kansas rematch. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's the new year, and there's a new and updated desktop and mobile website, so sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, be sure that you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good you're going to want to eat it. It's not like other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy but it just gets so boring. By week three you're probably thinking this just isn't worth it, where's the chocolate? Well guess what, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And there are so many flavors to choose from. You've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So be sure to check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com today. All right, Texas Tech versus Kansas at the fog surely going to be a great game um just an absolute chess match in that first matchup i thought that mark adams delivered one of the best game plans i've i've really seen like in my cognitive ability to analyze basketball like he just 
he put on a clinic against Bill Self, and it was it was beautiful, um, especially to see that walk away with um, with a win when you're down that many guys. But really, really good performance in that first one. But he's going to have to do it again in a way that I think that they can. One of my keys to the game is once again forcing David McCormick to the bench and also forcing Kansas into foul trouble. I think that that has been something that Texas Tech has done well. Um, this season, I think that they did it against West Virginia. Obviously, you have to uh, consider the fact that a whistle was getting blown at any and every opportunity in that game. But um, I think that Texas Tech needs to put themselves on the line and they need to make their free throws. I know that it's a dead horse, but I'm I'm going to keep saying it. They need to make their free throws. And if they do, um, I think they're in a good spot to to bring this game down to the wire. Yeah, I'm going to sound channel my inner friend Fraschilla here and say that in Allen Fieldhouse, two keys are defend well against the ATOs, no backdoors and no lobs, and as well as that, just manage the runs. And don't Kansas is a team that has been very successful in terms of just getting out to these 10-0, 12-0 runs to get back into the game. We saw it against Kansas State. We've seen it against West Virginia where they really broke up open the game, and that's that's going to be critical. And the first game tech was able to manage and weather the storm in at every moment, every time Kansas would hit a couple of back-to-back shots, there'd be a huge play on Texan. Then you have to be able to channel that same energy on the road and now in field house. And that's a lot more difficult. And for me, this game is going to come down to kind of just on the defensive end, the way that tech was able to defend against Kansas in that first match and really take a team that has been one of the most successful teams offensively in the nation and has so many different versatile weapons. And they withstood a really good effort from Jalen Wilson, who kind of found a shot again. And then also as well as that from Oshaya Baji, who was really hot from deep in that game. And with that, if you can manage to plan and find ways to take them out of their ATO stuff, we mentioned that the ability to zone up on defense has been critical and keeping Kansas from having that much success in those plays. And then on the offense or again on the defensive side in the half court, just being able to limit the amount of penetration they're able to get and inside finishes. And then as well as that, just run guys off the line. And as long if they're making contested threes, it is what it is. You're going to have to give up something in this Kansas game because they just have so many weapons. But I think the defensive end end of things is what you can really control. And then offensively, Utilize Bryson Williams. I mean, force them to make decisions when it comes to David McCormick and whether or not they want to try to run him in the pick and roll defense. And if they're going to keep him out there, you can just exploit the pick and roll and the pick and pop all day long. Yeah, Williams uh, loves to play against Kansas, so make sure that you get him going. Um, final final key thing for the game for me is turnovers. Um, Texas Tech forced Kansas into their worst turnover game of this season when they came to Lubbock. Jayhawks had a turnover percentage of 26 in that game, while the Red Raiders had a turnover percentage of only 18. So I think that that's another very, very pivotal thing for Texas Tech. It's kind of what they've built their brand on, at least defensively, is putting opponents into tough spots by just forcing so many turnovers. But I think in this game, it's especially important when you consider just the amount of pure scores but really like a lack of any primary ball handler dash creator. I think that that's a big thing to watch for in this game, but we've seen Texas tech win against Kansas this season. And I'm going to predict that they won't do it again. I'm going to pick the Jayhawks to win this one. Unfortunately, 
unfortunately. Um, I think that really um, the fog, the effects of the fog just cannot be overstated. And for Kansas to be playing on their home court, I think even though I kind of use those examples of the close games that they've been in in recent weeks as um, examples that they are human, which they are, um, I think that they've just shown a lot of resiliency and that they can pull away with close ones. But it's going to be a fight. Um, it's going to be a really, really close game. I'm going to pick Kansas winning 72 to 71. So um, a little bit of some offense. That was kind of what we saw in the first matchup, but a close one here. But unfortunately, I just think that the Jayhawks have a little too much. I think that Jalen Wilson will be the player of the game for the Jayhawks. And if Texas Tech wants to have this be a, a one possession game, I think Bryson Williams will be the player of the game for Texas Tech. Man, a lot of close games this year that you've picked against Tech, and I'm going to make it one more this year where I pick for Tech, and I'm going to go with a 74-72 to 72 victory for Tech. I think the last couple of games in Allen Fieldhouse, they've been right there down the stretch and had shots to win late. Obviously, the one where Moretti was wide open in the corner and didn't get the ball is one that haunts me for a while. And then as well as that, you had last year where you battled through some foul trouble and really – kind of an outlier game from David McCormick, at least against Tech, to make it a close game. And, I mean, I just think the tide has turned in Allen Fieldhouse and Tech has found ways to keep it close in years past. And this year's team, I mean, they showed early on that they had a good blueprint to beat Kansas. And last game, it was a legitimate win. You didn't have TJ Shannon, didn't have Kevin McCullough. You've got both of those guys back now. And you also have, in my opinion, you're due for a good game from three that kind of bails you out a little bit. And I'm going to take that to happen on tonight's game. I just think that at the end of the day, Kansas is going to have to go through a lot of defensive strategy to be able to cover everything that Tech has. Because now not only do you have the two bigs that gave them fits in the last matchup, but you also have two actual ball handlers that have a whole lot of self-creation ability. And We'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be close either way. I think there's going to be a fair bit of points on the board in this one just because Kansas plays a little bit of faster tempo. And this is one of the most efficient offenses in the nation that you're going against. But I've got faith in tech. I've got faith in Mark Adams to be able to do just enough coaching on the defensive side of things and then offensively the addition of Shannon and McCullough to kind of change the tide. Who do you think will be the player of the game for tech if they win? I'll go with TJ. I think that Bryson Williams is going to have a good game. I'm pretty hopeful of that. Certainly the last couple of times he's faced Kansas, he's absolutely gone off. But I think that Shannon's ability to create for himself and in the first game in Lubbock last year against Kansas, he really had a nice game. I think he had 23 points, four threes. And his self-creation is something that is something that Kansas hasn't really had to worry about as much against Tech in, year, in the last couple matchups because obviously last game he wasn't there. I believe last year that was right after his ankle injury, and so he wasn't in his full self. And so I think that's a big sway point in this game, and I think Shannon's going to have a really nice effort in this one. Yeah, TJ is probably the biggest swing factor in how this game goes for me, even with, I think, Bryson Williams potentially being the player of the game. TJ's got to kind of take some of what we saw in that West Virginia game and just continue to keep it going. But regardless, I'm expecting a very, very close game in the fog i mean no way tech doesn't cover six right no way we'll see i mean i'm like 95 percent sure that it will happen but you never know these close games can go from being like a two-point game to an eight-point game or a nine-point game and then you're suddenly saying wow they didn't keep it that close but 
certainly it's going to be a close game either way. Yeah, you mean like uh, Iowa State knocking down some uh, cheap ones at the buzzer? Yeah, going from down 23 to down 12 in less than three minutes is kind of absurd. Yeah, that was nuts. But I do think that Texas Tech will keep it within a couple of possessions for the entire contest. But regardless of how it pans out, we will be back tomorrow to break down the game. Um, and then we, we've got a week ahead of us before Texas Tech plays again. They don't play again until Mississippi State comes to town on Saturday. Um, Texas Tech versus Mississippi State. Let's just keep it going. Let's make it a tradition. But we'll have some football coverage for you later in the week. How about that? So make sure that you are followed and subscribed to our feeds wherever you listen. Um, it'll make sure that you get those episodes right added to your queue every single morning so that we can start the day with you. Um, when you're not listening to us, be sure to keep up with us on social. You can follow me at our Mainville LBK. You can follow Emory at Eraser41. And you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter page at Locked On TTU, where we only tweet our episode link so that your feed is not clogged. Um, but on our personals, we, we'll, we will tweet whatever we want, including the uh, just pure magic of Patrick Mahomes and just incredible, incredible football that we get to watch. I mean, man. What, what a game. But um, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.